What's wrong? Is there a problem in the kitchen? No, but you're blowing it out here. I beg your pardon. You're letting this Peterson creep take over. I can hold my own with him. Thank you very much. Green Bay's washed up. The team's gonna have to rebuild. What do I say? You're telling the Jets are looking good. Ryan's threading needles and Rebs is kicking us to a Super Bowl. I really don't know that much about the AFC. The Jets look good. Ryan's threading needles and Ramsey's kicking us straight to the Super Bowl. You don't say. Well, what do you think about New England? Oh, it's beautiful this time of year. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to... A-O-O-A. The Who's the Boss podcast. <laughs> I tried on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, it, it worked. It's, it's a good one. I have notes on that one. So what we're doing is the last two episodes, we played the actual... A soundbite from the show of right. Tony or somebody saying A-O-O-A. Yes. It's been funny both times, right? I can't even remember from the last... It has, yes. Okay. Yeah, last time yeah. was the A-O. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> right, right, And right. it saves me from having to do it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to jump right in. I have no news. Okay, I have great. nothing. I mean, so, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. We are discussing season one, episode 13. Mm-hmm. It's called Protecting the President. It first aired on January 22nd. 1985 and the original TV guide summary shoot we forgot to introduce ourselves that's what you do that every last couple of times I'm Tori I'm Kevin okay we're back that's out of the way okay so the original TV guide summary says at a party Tony embarrasses Angela in front of the new chairman of the board by throwing out a vice president after he impugns Angela's reputation Mm. It was written by Ellen Gilles and George Tibbles. Okay. So when this episode opens, Tony is barbecuing the freezing cold. <laughs> no, I, okay, scratch that off my notes. <laughs> That's like, what's happening out? Like, well, why is this happening? Right, why is this happening? They don't really say his reasoning for but he just it, really wanted like to barbecue. He insisted on grilling. Yes. And, and he, apparently it's so cold. But tough guy's wearing only a t-shirt. Everyone else is bundled up. Of course. So not only did he insist on barbecuing, but he is going to make them eat outside, and he's making them sit there while he grills. Right. That's why Romain is like, why does everyone have to be outside while he grills? You can't leave me alone, or whatever he says. Like, what is happening? I don't know how many times I've grilled. No one joins me No, no, we never go out there, and it's hot. It's not even even cold outside. Angela comes home. She's wondering why everyone's outside, but she goes with it. She's used to Tony by now. Mm-hmm. So the doorbell, a very loud doorbell rings. It's so loud that you can hear this doorbell in Plain the backyard. In the backyard. Yes. <clears throat> and Jonathan is the first one to get there. So he runs back into the warm house to go answer the doorbell. Mm-hmm. And it's Jim Peterson. Yes. So we've seen him before. He was introduced in Truth and Dating. Yes. And now he's back. So he comes to the door. He's looking for Angela. She comes out and greets him, sends Jonathan back into the backyard. In the Um, freezing cold. Yeah, and Jonathan does that perfect kid thing where he's heard his mother say that he bites people in the back. But wouldn't that be stabbing someone in the Yeah, head? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. So then he, he quickly gets shuffled back into the freezing cold backyard. So Jim's there. He's like, I was on my way home, and I just thought I would show you this research. Which apparently Angela's on his way back home. Yeah, he must also live in Fairfield, Connecticut. But he Somewhere. makes that snide remark about how since she left early... She didn't right. hear the announcement. Yes. But Angela just Snuck got out home. Early. 
and he just got there. So how early did she leave? Well, minutes. Yeah, right. She left at like 5.57, and he left at 6 p.m. So it turns out that he just heard in the bathroom. Yeah, in the men's room. That grand. I guess everybody was taking dumps. Right. Up. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was happening? Like, yes. men don't just hang out. Well, I, I don't know. Like, is that a thing where guys discuss a lot of business in the bathroom? No. So women. Not now. Yeah. I don't discuss anything with anyone. <laughs> I get in, I get out. <laughs> so she's like, well, that's... So in the bathroom, he heard that Grant is leaving. So Grant is the chairman of the board. We were introduced to him in the pilot. Yes. He is the man that Angela was debating having a sexual relationship with, but didn't because she was worried that she would never know if she got the president position for being good at her job or good at a job. Yes, which plays <laughs> which plays into this episode. Yes. So now Grant's leaving. And, and side note, Jim Peterson's kind of a jerk. Oh yeah. Kind of He's a weasel. Up, yeah. I mean, I don't think you really he really really He wasn't a, in that yeah, the first you time you show up, he's right. not. He's yeah. kind of You don't get a But sense I guess he's in it. work. It's in a work environment. Right. Now yeah, he's yeah. outside of work. I don't know. Yeah. But he's not they made him a jerk. Yes. So he basically just came over to let her know that he knows this information and to make her nervous because Grant is who appointed her as president to the board of directors. So Angela says, it's just a rumor. Like, if this was happening, I would know. And of course, just then, Tony comes out and says Grant's on the phone for her. Mm. So I like this part, too, where Jim's kind of like looking around the house, like assessing the president's living room. Yeah. And bumps into Tony. And again, we have another person who makes some sort of assumption. Yes, yeah, night comment that Tony and Angela are having sex. And Tony gets in his face. Like he's not he's not having any of it. Yeah. So he backs down. Jim leaves at some point. Tony's back out in the freezing cold yard with the family grilling burgers. Yeah. Or all everyone's <laughs> shivering on the bench. And Angela comes out to say that Grant is, in fact, leaving. And now she is a little worried because he was who appointed her president. Yes, because she, she, she said, don't you think I'd be the first to know if right. something like this happened? And then, then Tony answers the phone and then leans out into the living room and right. says, telephone, it's Grant. <laughs> right. So she was not the first to know, no. unfortunately. No. So it's at some point, so we will find out that at some point... Angela and Grant had a relationship, but it's, that seems to be over at this point. Yeah, I, I think that's safe to say. But I guess amicably enough. Like, maybe it was just friends with benefits or something. Oh, good because for Angela. she doesn't seem at all concerned with it, and neither does Grant. But so, I love that we then go out to the back into the backyard, correct? Yeah. And... Um, and Tony is still grilling, and then he gets the burgers going. And I, what I thought was great about this scene is it reminded me of me, where he's still trying to hang on to this. We're grilling out, and we're <laughs> having a picnic in the backyard, right? And he goes to serve the food, and it starts snowing, right? <laughs> and it just reminded me of myself because you know me, like how I always try to like, even when the situation starts to go awry, right. I still try to hang on yeah, to this is what we were right. supposed to be doing. <laughs> I don't know. It just reminded me yes. of myself. And then finally he's like, all right, let's just go inside. Right. And still wearing a t-shirt through I know, it all. I know. It's great. It all. 
So finally gave up though once the snow started falling. Right. It just made me laugh. <laughs> and Mona points out that Jim basically just came over to rub this in her face that her job could oh, be in right. jeopardy. Sorry. I jumped way ahead. Oh no, you're fine. And um Angela basically tells us that Jim has been kind of sore since she got the president job and he didn't. So he was also up for it. And now she is a little worried because if someone new comes in, you know, sex aside, she had a, a good working relationship with Grant and yes. she's worried that he'll sweet talk a new chairman since he's a man and he drinks scotch, scotch. talks sports. And knows all the dirty jokes. Right, which is great when uh, Mona is like, <laughs> yes. well, I can help with that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Mona's like, I know dirty jokes. Right. <laughs> but Tony has a much better idea, which is to host a party at the house and welcome the new chairman. Yes. And he doesn't. He just flat out doesn't want her to invite Jim. But she's like, I can't do that, except next weekend he's next going Sunday, out of town. Next Sunday he's got a thing. Right. So next Sunday is the night of the party. That's it. So at the night of the party, Tony's bartending. I love that little like portable bar thing that they I know. had. Yeah. I'm surprised that in in the last episode we covered, we didn't see that somewhere in the garage. Did, well, that that's my notes. Where does Angela store the bar? That's there at the party. So Where maybe, is that stored? Well, maybe I should go back and look. Maybe it was next to the creepy clown okay, and that, yeah, or the shopping cart, review. and I just didn't see it at the time. Because where else would it be? It would I have don't to know. Be. And it's like a bamboo. Yes. And it's right there. And I right. love Tony. I love that Tony's tending bar and trying to answer the door at the same time. Right. Of oh, course. Cool. You know. Well, yeah, that bar that. is so awesome. It just came out of nowhere. Yes. From the garage, I guess. And. There's a lot of there was a shopping cart in the garage, a lot of useless things. Right. So that bar has to be there. <laughs> right. Angela comes out from the kitchen mm-hmm. wearing the most amazing outfit we have seen thus far. Yeah, it was a good one. Yes. So my thought here is that she's trying to downplay her femininity maybe mm-hmm. by wearing a sequin blazer with a bow tie. It's almost like a sequin tuxedo. Yeah. Fancy. And I don't, I guess this was kind of set up just to get Mona out of the house after the party, but, so she set up her mother with Harold Sturman, who is an accountant at the firm. Right. He's coming over and he's a recent widow. So she immediately, yeah. like, Mona's immediately like, I don't, you know, who is this loser you set me up with? But when she sees Harold, she's quite impressed. And I'm not really sure why, since like a few episodes ago, she was dating a 23-year-old. That's what I'm saying. When he showed up, I'm like, uh, maybe it's money, like the fact that yeah, he might... Yeah, I don't know. He didn't really seem like Mona's type. The um, the actor, though, is Hart Sprager. Okay. And I couldn't really find much that he was known for. I didn't recognize him. No, I really didn't either. Um, he died in 2010 at the mm. age of 75. So Nona, Mona's not excited at first, but she likes what she sees. Meanwhile, he looked like he was 75 in this <laughs> show. Like, why are these actors? I don't know. I think they just, like, people looked older on TV then. Yeah, in 1985, he looked like he was 75. Yeah. So, whatever. And Angela doesn't waste any time. Like, as soon as he gets there, she basically just says, here is my mother. I know. I, Enjoy I yourself that too. Like, with yeah, her. You two go to town. <laughs> So soon after the McKenna's arrive, and I like that he's just like, I don't can't remember the exact dialogue, but it's like speaking of 
Right, you're late wife. Late, like, I'm so yeah. sorry for your loss. And he's like, oh, these things happen. <laughs> right. well, whatever. Yeah, well, because he, now he's got Mona. He saw Robinson. Mona, and he's right. like, whatever. She's dead, and here's Mona. <laughs> yeah. And she's hot. <laughs> so the McKennas funny. arrive, the guests of honor. Mr. McKenna is played by Richard Stahl. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Uh, he's one of those actors where you saw him in a lot of stuff, but you don't really know where. Okay. Um, he was m- known for Overboard, The American President, a few other movies. Overboard? Like the original Overboard? Yeah. What was he? I don't remember. Probably some rich... Yeah, like... Yeah, because I remember that movie. I've watched that several times. Yeah. And uh, he passed away in 20... 20- 2006, hmm. the age of 74. And side note, just because I was doing research, his wife died one year later. It's oh. always sad when that happens. And the woman playing his wife is Betty Bunch. Uh, she's was known for Starman, which I loved as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I need I to too. find I that movie. That in the theater. I need to find that movie and rewatch it and see if I still think it's as good That's as I with, did. Um with uh, Jeff Bridges. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah, I remember seeing that in the theater. I really... I don't remember one thing about that movie, but I remember thoroughly enjoying it. So yes, we definitely need to. I, I feel like there's a part where it. Jeff Bridges has minimal clothes on because eight-year-old me remembered seeing that. Oh, but okay. That's yeah, the only thing I remember about that movie. So we'll, we'll need to watch it. Twelve-year-old me does not remember that. <laughs> so Mrs. McKenna seems nice. Mr. McKenna kind of immediately dismisses Angela and just wants a drink. Nice, classy. Does he say, where's the hooch? Right, yeah. <laughs> where's the hooch? And she starts saying something and he interrupts her. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the hooch? Yeah, like, woman, be woman. out of my way. Right. Tony's trying to make jokes and be his usual charming self. Mm-hmm. I think Angela's slightly embarrassed by him, but not too much yet. And... Then what happens next? Yeah, so... Just when we think that he's not there. Peterson makes the party. Yes, Peterson shows up. Mm. And I love that it was just his parents' 50th. Right. He can catch them next year. Right. And it wasn't like he was invited anyway. Right, and he looks like he's 50. (laughs) Even though I'm in the 50th, I get it. They're probably... Right, right. Oh, I guess it would make sense, yes. Yeah. He may, maybe he is 50. Yeah, maybe he was the firstborn. But yes, that's funny that he's like, he wasn't even invited. Right, he wasn't even invited. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. And immediately, Jim starts taking over. He's sucking up to mm. Mr. McKenna. It's obvious that he's done research on pretty much everything this man could possibly like. Yeah, he knew what college, and he knows what college he went to. Right. And Must have looked it up on the internet. He, no way. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a good point. Yeah, how did, did he, he know? Did he call around? Like, how would you find out stuff? Start calling the colleges. I don't know. Yeah, that is a very good point. He, he, he knows like, a lot of stuff about him without yeah, even having the, the interwebs. Even the fact that he plays handball. But, like, I guess he kind of knew one of his jingles or pretended that he did. So mm-hmm. he must have maybe called the old uh, agency that he worked for. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's possible. Breaks out in a full song. I know. So ridiculous. Now, Angela's really starting to get pushed out of the conversation. And Tony's trying to send her in with as much sports talk yeah. as he can. I thought that was really cute. Yes. He's just like, <laughs> That's the clip we used at the beginning. Yeah. And she's doing okay until he's... Well, he does it once and then it happens yes. again. Right, right. He does it earlier. Right. right. And does then it twice. He's, he takes her aside and he's like, you know, you're losing it here. You need to get back in there. And sends her in with some football talk that I don't even know what she said. 
And then when he says, what do you think about New England? She says, oh, it's beautiful this time. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) It's fantastic. So as the night goes on, Jim's holding court. We catch the end of a joke that we can imagine had to be a dirty joke. Yeah, of course, because he knows all of the dirty jokes. Yes. And he seems to be getting drunk. Er, and drunker, and he On goes back. Yeah, goes back to Tony for another drink. And at this point, he starts to and like. Okay, Tony was. He already knew that Tony was probably not the best person to to bring this to conf- up to. Yeah, right, for sure. But I guess he was drunk. So he starts to insinuate that you know he's really in now. His time has come. Mm-hmm. Angela's free ride is gone, and now he's gonna have a chance to get her job. And he wonders what Angela had to do for Grant to get the president position to begin with. Now, that's when we get the first, that AOA. Yeah, it because he insinuates that yeah, ins- she slept that with she Grant. she slept with Grant to get the job. Because he said she she deserved it. Right. And he's pretty much like, what no, did she do right, to, to deserve, deserve it? it? Yeah. And now this is a true AOA. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. And that's, I like how it's kind of Tony's warning shot. Like. Yeah. That's his warning signal that things are going downhill quick if he mm-hmm. keeps it up. Now, as Angela's coming down the stairs with the McKennas, she had apparently shown Mrs. McKenna her bathroom. Yeah, she was impressed with the wallpaper. She was very impressed with the wallpaper. Does anyone in this room believe that Angela hung that wallpaper herself? No. <laughs> it's just me and you and the animals, but I don't think so. I mean, maybe. Maybe there's this side of Angela that we don't know where she's like... yeah. Maybe we find out later since I don't remember any of the episodes. DIY queen, but I just, I don't picture that Angela being the wallpaper hanging type. I picture her paying someone to hang wallpaper. Oh yeah, for for sure. sure. So as she's coming down the stairs, them talking with the McKenna's, Tony's in the process of literally throwing Jim out of the house. (laughs) And it's it's so violent and aggressive. (laughs) Now, I don't know if you caught this, but it is fantastic. As he grabs Jim, Uh Jim's glasses actually fall off of his face with the force that Tony pulls him back. But he grabs them, But he catches them. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. It was fantastic. It was a great, probably just happy accident. Accident, happy accident. It just happened. Yes, and it's fantastic. So, yeah. <laughs> and then drags him out of the house and throws him out. Throat, like, yeah, throws him. Angela's pissed. She goes after Jim. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, and Jim comes back and he's like... A mess. Yeah. <laughs> like, where did Tony throw him? Did he but throw I him? Guess, I would... guess um, it snowed earlier right. when they were trying to grill out, right. so you had to figure he threw him in a snowbank right. or something. Right, like an... or... <laughs> Kind of head first into like, the snow. Bank. What happened out there? <laughs> and the party comes to a screeching. Yeah, call. that's it for yeah. the party. Like the, things couldn't have gone more wrong for Angela when she and was. And Angela's really, like, I have cake or something. Right? Yeah. I have and everybody's cake. still leaving. Yes, but they're just filing out one after the other, and even Mona <laughs> yeah, leaves with a herald. And it's like, but like Mona's just like, all right, party's going to continue somewhere else. I'm right? Out. Yeah. So. I looked up to see if that Hart Spranger had some sort of connection with the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but that was just like a random thing. That the they what? Were, so when they're leaving... Because she leaves and she says... We're going to see a showing of Rocky I Horror love, Picture I Show. Love, I, used to go, I used to go... I've probably seen Rocky Horror Picture Show about a hundred times. Are you serious? Yes, I, I used knew, to go. I did not know this about you. Yes, I've I used to go all... Ever. 
me and um, my, my old buddies, we we'd go. To the, it was a midnight showing at this certain theater, and we'd go for. I feel like for a year I went every weekend. Oh my gosh! Yeah, or every other weekend. I know. I used to know every single line. I've never been, and not only you know that, what it is. You I've yell never at your seen own. the movie. The crowd yells yeah. out their own things during. You throw toast and do all this weird stuff. Yeah, and like if, if it's your first time there, they call you a virgin or yes. something. That's yeah. probably why I never went, just because I didn't want to be called out the first time. Yeah, well, they were only telling. Wow, the we've truth been married a long time, and I, <laughs> that wasn't helping your status either to get there every weekend. <laughs> I mean, that explains a lot of things about me. But what is the route she she says? She just says that they're going to see that movie. Like I guess they just no, needed. No, but she says something like, "I've got." Oh no, my... he says. Harold says he has his garter in the car. Right, because there's well, I think Susan Sarandon has a garter in that movie or something. Yeah, probably. There's some I kind of reference I mean, to a garter. You've, no, no, you've not seen it. Susan Sarandon, uh, Tim Curry's you've character seen it wears gar- times. He wears you a garter, me. like a oh, like garter. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. That's right. got to be what it is. I think I'd have to look it up, but okay. I'm pretty sure. Animals are attacking each other. So yeah, so I guess they just needed to get Mona out of there so that Angela and Tony could fight. Because it's like, thanks, mom. My party was just ruined. I was completely embarrassed in front of every coworker I have, and you're gonna go out on the rest. Okay, see you later. (laughs) Now this is the second episode in a row where Tony is in big trouble, and it's like. Yes. The fact that he doesn't get fired right there is pretty impressive. Yes. So they go, she comes into the kitchen, she yells at him for destroying her party over a football. Because at this point, oh, I'm sorry, we skipped that. I got sidetracked by Rocky Horror Picture Show. Sorry, it is my fault. I went on about it. When they confront Tony at the party to see why he's just thrown Jim Peterson out, he's too... He doesn't want to embarrass Angela any oh, that's further right. yes. by saying what the horrible things that Jim Peterson actually says. So he takes the fall and says that they got into a fight about football. Football, and right? That's why he which is right. Yes. So that Angela is super pissed about the fact that she threw Jim Peterson out over a football game. Yes. Comes into the kitchen to con- confront him, and he ag- still doesn't want to hurt her by what Jim actually said. And I love this quote. Okay. Do you have it? No, no, if you have it. No. (laughs) Is it going to be why she had, she's had to tell Tony to not throw Peterson out before. (laughs) That, I was like, what? Like, like they've they've had to, has, and then I, it's like, does Tony have a history of constantly throwing people out? No, no. Maybe you have some more insight on this. There is, there is a part of the beginning of the episode, I think when they're outside, where he's like, why don't you throw him out? And she's like, I can't fire someone because they're um, ambitious. And he says, no, I literally mean, why don't you throw him out? So oh, that's okay. what she's Maybe saying. Maybe that's because she's yeah. like, if there's one person I <laughs> told you you never should throw out, it's I'm like, this makes no sense. Like She sat Tony down one night with like a whiteboard. Tony must have thrown people out that we never saw. <laughs> but here's one you can't throw out right. ever. If he ever comes over, don't yeah, throw this please one don't out. Throw him it out. just made me laugh. I was like, what? No, my quote is, I am pulling rank. This is your employer speaking. I want you to tell me what he said. Yeah. Because she's really saying, like, we're not friends right now. You need to tell me what is happening. So Yeah, it was pretty good, actually. He does tell her. I can't remember exactly what Jim said. Two-bit tramp something. Yes, something that you would say in the 80s. Yeah, would you hear the word tramp on TV now? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. And that she does her best work on her back. 
So he basically just said that she slept with Grant to get the job. Mm-hmm. Now, I do think it was sweet that Tony was defending her. But much like last time when he shouldn't have had her car painted. <laughs> yes. He should have just stayed out of it and let her fight her own fight. Because yes. now he's made things worse. Way worse. Although he was defending her, he did make things worse. Yes. But, you know, Angela doesn't really need to be defended, I think. And it's yeah. like, even though Tony's heart was in the right place, I feel like kind of what he's doing is almost like how other men are treating her, but in a different way. Like, he's trying to save her, and she really can fight her own fight. And he just made it worse. Now it's the next morning. Tony's making breakfast for the kids. Yeah, apparently awful (laughs) eggs. Yeah. Terrible eggs. Yucky, yucky eggs. Yucky eggs, that's it. And... I know, like, hasn't Jonathan just gotten over it at this point? Because he, he's had to have had eggs served to him every morning since Tony's gotten there. Because he suppose. does that in the first episode. Mona comes in, and she wants to know what happens. She just wants to hear all the drama from last night. Now, at this point, Mona still thinks that Tony threw Jim Peterson out for a fight about football. And she seems totally okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, whatever. Yeah. She she doesn't know the whole story, but she's like, oh, you'll be fine. I, I, I'm Whatever your team is, is my team. Mona's zero help yeah. so far. Angela hasn't come downstairs yet, and Tony realizes that it's 7.30, so she's going to miss her train. He runs up there, and she's in a weird, stuffy voice through the door. Yes, with <laughs> a thermometer in her mouth. <laughs> says to go away. He does not go away. He goes in there, and she's back to regressed little girl mode. Okay, yeah. I oh, have the whole notes yes. about that. That's, that was your call from yep. sorority because sisters. I feel like when there's something going on with Angela, especially when she's in some kind of dispute with Tony, there's this regressed yep. little girl. She's got the pigtails yep. back. Oh, they were back. She's talking almost like a kid <laughs> or a baby. <laughs> It's very bizarre, and it yeah. went on for a long time. It did, and she wanted her mother. But yeah, why? she's like, I want my mommy. I'm right. sick. And then, um, anyway, go on. I'm probably jumping ahead. Well, no, no. I just one thing I noticed was that the crochet macrame canopy bed is gone from the second oh, episode. Yeah. It was just like a four poster bed. Maybe Tony threw that out too. Yeah, he was like, "This is really hard to clean." And I'm throwing it out. You're not like seven. Jim Peterson. Yes. <laughs> But the raggedy end doll is still there. I noticed that. Yes. And it's like, why do you want your mother? Your mother has been useless for the first 15 minutes of this episode. So you're better off on your own. And she's blaming Tony. Yeah, that's the other thing. He goes downstairs and then he's talking to Samantha, right? Um, I don't remember who he was talking to, but he was saying, oh, Angela's sick and it's my fault. Like, right. What? Well, because... This doesn't make sense. When she asks for her mother, Mona comes in, and she tells Mona that it's Tony's fault she's sick because of his barbecue. So uh, I think I, that I is I the whole reason why they had Tony barbecuing, so that when she was sick, she could blame it on Tony's barbecue. Oh, man. <laughs> It, it, was, it was a reach. But yeah, I was about to say that. It's a yeah, reach. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way that that fits into the show. So it had to be why they used okay, it. Okay, I, I guess I missed that. I just didn't yeah, think about that. that. I just remember Tony saying, 
Yeah, engine right. six by four. Right. I'm like, what? So um, downstairs, Sam and Jonathan are in the kitchen. She offers to teach Jonathan a perfect spiral because yes. she really wants him to tell his mom not to fire her dad. Yes. Which was really sweet. Yes. And Tony comes downstairs. He doesn't seem at all worried that he's going to get fired. <laughs> it's like, I, 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 don't, I guess he just figures she's going to come around. Like, he's too hot for her to let him leave anyway, so he's fine. Sam does not feel well. That way. In his defense, he was defending her when he, he threw was. Peterson into the snowbank. <laughs> he, he was, but this is a fantastic conversation between Tony and Sam. And I didn't. Yes. I don't even really remember. I don't remember this scene. This is an episode that I choose to watch if I want to put one on. Um, so I didn't really re- remember this conversation, but it is so cute, and I think Alyssa Milano did a great job. Yeah, she did. Tony tells Sam, your father screwed up. And she says, it's okay, I do it all the time. <laughs> I know, that was funny. She wants him to apologize to Jim Peterson. And he doesn't really feel like he needs to or should apologize. But she's saying, I really like it here and you're on thin ice. So, you know, if you don't want to yes. do it for yourself, then why don't you do it for Angela? Right, it's what's best for Angela and it's what's best for right. them. And at the same time, he's making his, I guess, his cold remedy, which is honey, lemon, and garlic. <laughs> I know. Which is, Sounds which awful. Is, it really does sound terrible. And I love, if you saw the canister that he pulled out, it was like one of those old canisters with the white top and the little like orange flowers around. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice it. I totally remember those from a kid. And so, okay, back upstairs. Angela's a complete mess. I know. And just still like... <laughs> Worse. Yeah. So I feel Mo- like the pigtails got higher. <laughs> Mona brings her the lemon, honey, and garlic yeah. concoction. Yes. And now she thinks Tony's trying to kill her with Italian voodoo. I know. And she says to her mom, like, do you know what Jim Peterson said about me? And then Mona recites exactly what I know, Tony- without knowing. Right. It was- it's just ridiculous. It didn't make I guess sense it's supposed to, to be silly, but yes, it was very specific for her just to assume. Like, that that's like, well, what... this is how men are. They right. say these exact things. <laughs> but she's basically telling her, you know, like you're just dealing with some basic misogyny from this guy because you're more successful than him, and he's never going to be able to accept the fact that he just didn't get this job when he was up for it against a woman. Mm -hmm. So he has to make up these reasons as to why you got the job, and he didn't. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that, I mean, Angela's very good at her job, and we'll see more of Jim Peterson, and Jim Peterson is not so great at his job. So it's clear as to why Angela got that job, even without. But here she does, we do find out for sure that she did sleep with Grant after she got a right. She talks about like at first they were friends, right? <laughs> and she got the job. And then they became friends, real friends, yeah, real friends, friends or whatever. Yeah, better friends. I don't remember what. The yeah, I don't quote really is, remember but exactly. Something like that. And then she's like, "Well, you know, it wasn't just Grant that appointed you. You had to be approved by a board of directors. So as long as you weren't friends with all of them, <laughs> yeah, then you can feel confident in the fact that you got this job on your own merit." Now, there's a Lee Iacocca reference Hello? here because Mona really? wants Angela to get up out of bed and get to work. 
And she says, do you think Leia Iacocca's mother has to have this conversation with him? Now, I've always heard that name. Yeah, me too. That's in the 80s. But I didn't really know who exactly it was. So I looked it up. And he was an automobile executive. Yes. And yeah, he's, I think I remember that. Yeah. He's best known. He was the president and CEO of Chrysler. Mm-hmm. Um, and also an account executive for Ford Motor Company. So he's best known for... He's one of the few executives to preside over the operations of two of the big three automakers. Yeah. I guess he was well known yeah, in the 80s. Like, I guess just like a well-known businessman. Mm-hmm. He died last year at oh, really? the age of 94. Yeah, oh July gosh. 2nd, 2019. Good for Lee Iacocca. He yeah. lived a heck of a life. He did. Now, downstairs, Tony has taken Samantha's um, advice and invited a very nervous Jim Peterson over to the house. <laughs> <laughs> I know. By getting him to come over by telling him that Angela wanted to speak to him. Now, this couldn't have been a short trek. So, like, either Jim hadn't gone into work yet, or Jim mm-hmm. left Manhattan, came all the way back to Fairfield to talk to Angela, and then well, was planning to go back to work. I feel like you have to assume it's the morning, still, because Angela yeah. is sick. Yeah, but like, like, maybe this did, all um, took about an hour. How did, uh, how did Tony get a hold of him, or make him think that Angela wanted him to come to... Well, Angela wanted him to come to the house. I don't know. Maybe he had Mona call or something. Didn't text, right? Right, no. Didn't page him. Not he, even page him. He used him. His, his service. Yeah. I know, right? Right. And then he, he got comes out of the house and realizes. Book. He looked up the Petersons. <laughs> I mean, come on. He started at the top of J. And worked his way down. <laughs> James Peterson. Yeah, Jimmy. So, yes. Found him. He comes over. He's worried he's going to get beaten up again. And Tony's basically like, I want to apologize. And I'm sorry for what I said. And Jim, again, is just kind of a jerk. And he's like, I'm not going to accept your apology. But Angela hears this from the top of the stairs. Yes. And her pigtails. (laughs) I know. So, like, she's already been embarrassed in front of everyone she works with. Yes. So I guess she's got nothing left to lose. Because now she comes downstairs wearing a house coat over a nightgown. With little bear slippers, and she's in pigtails. Yes. Oh yeah, but she just doesn't care. So it smells now, like garlic. Right? Yes. But now she gets to stand up for herself, like she, you know, would have been able to to begin with if Tony hadn't really stepped in. So she stands up for herself and lets Jim know that she's not going to tolerate him being a bully, and that if she hears any more innuendo from him, he's going to be fired. Mm. But I honestly think she let him off too easily. Like, I'm thinking about this by today's standards, though. Yes, not 1985 standards. Right, because she clearly could have just gone to HR and said what he said, and he would be... There's been a full investigation. Right, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on your workplace, but a lot of workplaces now are very careful. So, yeah. But it's the 80s, and she kind of let it slide. And spoiler alert, I feel like that's going to come back to bite her. I think Mm. she should have gotten rid of Jim when she had the chance. But I love that Jim is still scared of Tony and doesn't want him to escort him out of the house. Nobody chases him right out. (laughs) I know. He's like, I've never seen him run so fast. (laughs) 
So Angela's feeling good. She's proud of herself. She wants to go to work. I mean, come on. You clearly have a cold. Like, you should just stay home anyway. No. And as Tony says, she now reeks of garlic. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that was the end. I know. End of the episode. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. So what do you want to do first? Rating or who's the boss? Um, well, I'll do who's the boss and I'll go first. Okay. Who's the boss around here? Me? Or my mother? Or maybe it's you! I believe that Samantha was the boss. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. Obviously, you're surprised, so obviously you no, didn't think no, that no, Samantha... No, no, I mean, not... Well, well let's um, see. Well, because she offers yes. Jonathan to throw the spiral... Oh, throw yeah, the spiral okay, that's a good point. Like she's trying to stay in the house and not get thrown out into the, <laughs> into the snowbank. <laughs> And um, and then that conversation she has with Tony about right. like, convincing him he needs to apologize. So I feel like even though she wasn't in the episode very much, um, that she was kind of running things and being like, you need to apologize to Peterson, Jim Peterson and um, save the house or save right. our living situation. Right, right. So I'm going with um, I'm going with Samantha. OK, so I wasn't too surprised because I think that there are two bosses in this. And am I allowed to have two bosses? Why not? Okay. <laughs> what, what are the rules of this podcast? <laughs> so I do think that there are two bosses. And Samantha was the boss of Tony in this. And Mona was the boss of Angela. Yeah. I, I mean, that's great. Yeah, it's a great observation. Because for the same reasons... I just reasons, thought we were only allowed to have one. So. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> For the same reasons you said about Sam, except I didn't even pick up on the Jonathan part, but you're right. She was kind of working what yeah. she needed to to save Which their I'm living situation. Which I'm glad you mentioned earlier, because that was part of my... <laughs> yeah, like, she's, like, trying to save the household. Right, you know? yeah. But, yeah, so for the same reason where she tells Tony that he needs to apologize for Angela, if not for his own tale. And then Mona, because even though she was pretty useless... For a good percentage of this episode. Yes. At the end, she does come through. She's there for her daughter when she needs her. And she makes her feel better about the situation and tells her to get up and get back out there. Yep. Yeah, that's good. That's a good observation. All right. Nice. Okay, so next time. Oh, wait, we need to do rating, no? Oh, oh, right, right. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I'll go first on this one. My okay. rating is not fantastic for this episode. It's a six point six point five. Okay. I just feel like it's enjoyable. I, I mean, I do like the Tony and Angela stuff. I love the scene with um, Samantha and Tony. But I kind of feel like there were a lot of loose ends and like weird things thrown in there. So I went with a six point five. I mean, it's still solid. It's solid. It's laughable. Yeah, it's, it's a good episode. It was fine. Yeah, I went. With, I go with a seven. Oh, okay. So yeah, nice. I mean, kick it up just a notch. Right. But, um, yeah. I thought the Samantha scenes were cute, and um, and the grilling out scene in the beginning. <laughs> I don't know. The one thing I really loved about the Samantha scene <clears throat> also is that at the very end of it, when she leaves, Tony says, "She's so cute. I love that kid." Yeah, yeah, I did notice that. And that it's, was great. It's almost like that was Tony Danza talking mm-hmm. because right and not just said how cute she like did that scene because it, it like you know it works for her dad to say that also. But I just I don't know there was something in yeah. me that just thought that that was Tony Danza talking. Yeah, no, it's a good option. And he loved those kids too. 
Like they say that he used to put their report cards on their refrigerator, on the set and stuff. And oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So he really took an interest in their lives. Um, okay, so now, next time, we will uh, discuss season one, episode 14. Wow. Guess who's coming to dinner? So we're going to have... I don't a... know who's coming to dinner. <laughs> oh, oh no, I'm sorry. No, that's the movie. The title of this episode is Guess Who's Coming Forever. It's a play on that movie. Oh, okay. Um, oh, look at that. Yes. I can't wait. Now we're going like to have... I said, a lot of this show is new to me. We're going to have an Some introduction of, of a new character. Oh, boy. Yeah, that'll oh. stick around for a bit. Okay, that's yeah. exciting. And um, some good mother-daughter stuff in this one. Okay. Okay, so if you would like to reach out to us, we are at Who's the Boss Podcast on Instagram. You can send a direct message about anything we missed or anything you want to discuss. Yes. Um, or anything you want us to talk about on future episodes. I will say there has been good conversation going on on the posts on Instagram, so I really appreciate that. And um, Or you can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash podcast. Okay, tell us about the song. Okay, so this is um, this comes from Robert Kraft, who is a co-writer of the actual oh. song "Brand New Life." Nice. Um, he has co-written and been an executive music producer for such things as the the King's Daughter and Life of Pi, Ice Age, The Descendants, oh. um, countless. Um, countless movies and TV shows. He's been either like an executive producer for music or co-writer. So um, he co-wrote the song Brand New Life, and this is him performing it at um, Joe's Pub in New York City on cool. on October 30th, 2013. Nice. And, um, and it's kind of a neat, it's a neat version of it because he has anecdotes. It's, it's about four minutes long, so. Okay, cool. But he has like anecdotes and talks about it a little bit, so. Yeah, enjoy this. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell all your friends. I like thinking about Woodside. So I get out to Hollywood, and, um, you know, I've been an artist here in New York. I get out there, and now I'm a professional songwriter for hire. That's it's. You know, if you're out there, what you're doing is you're, you're basically wearing a sandwich board that says, we'll work for residuals, just whatever they offer you. And uh, a friend of mine asked if I wanted to write the theme song for a situation comedy. I, I actually, you know, at this point in my life, as you can probably hear, I wasn't watching a lot of TV. I didn't know from situation comedies, just a different world. So of course I said, sure, let me take a shot. I got the script, and the first thing I was struck by upon reading the script is that everyone was white. And it was just suburban and white and incredibly not my universe at all. There was no, no hipsters and nothing going on that I was writing about, but I thought, well, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll give it a go. How will I approach this? Well, the first thing I decided to do is use only white notes. that's gonna work you know keep it in the pocket because I didn't know what I was doing at all for these sitcoms so I started to play around with all the white notes and 
I made up a little kind of riff. I thought, this sounds like the suburbs. I thought, well, you need a lyric that's so innocuous you won't offend anybody, right? There's more to life than what you're living. So take a chance and face the wind. I've just gone from being Tom Waits to Barry Manilow in one, one line. One line, it's over. I'm in Hollywood, they got me. There's an open road and a road that's hidden. A brand new life around the bend. I'm gonna sneak a B-flat in. There were times I lost a dream or two. I found the trail and at the end was you. There's a path you take and a path that's taken. The choice is up to you, my friend. Well, the nights are long, but you might awaken. Katie, should we awaken to a brand new life? Because it's a brand new life around the bend. To a brand new life. Mm Nine seconds on the nose.